Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com. Sewers on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Louisiana has a rich musical history, with New Orleans claiming to be the birthplace of jazz and Baton Rouge promoting its prominent role in the development of the blues. But what is the state of the local music industry today, and how do you make a living in the field locally? Samuel Ricciuti is a record producer based in Baton Rouge and the owner of Shea Cat Records, a production company he founded 10 years ago that has produced some 60 records from artists all over Europe. He's also produced music concerts in Europe and Canada. Samuel's record label seeks out hidden gems, artists that you might not find out about otherwise. And he takes credit for launching the careers of several musicians now thriving on the indie music scene. Samuel does it all from Baton Rouge, where he is also a French teacher at the Ronald School. Samuel, it's a pleasure to have you here with us today on Out to Lunch. Thanks for being here. Thank you to have me on your show. <laughs> David L. Harris is a jazz trombonist and vocalist, as well as a composer and arranger who is making a name for himself on the international scene as well. David grew up in Scotlandville in Baton Rouge and began playing the trombone when he was just 16. In the years since, he has studied music at Southern University, LSU, and UNO, and is now playing in concert venues such as Lincoln Center and the Apollo Theater in Harlem, as well as music festivals around the world. David just completed his first album, Blues I Felt. David, congratulations. We look forward to hearing about your new album. It's a pleasure to have you here on Out to Lunch. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, Samuel, I'm going to start with you. An independent record label based in Baton Rouge, run by a French teacher, and all the artists are Europe. What was the impetus behind Shea Keto Cat Records that uh, started? I, I started the company uh, 10 years ago mm -hmm. when I was studying for uh, my PhD in sociology of music. And I was learning about record label, independent record label. And uh, I just decided to produce music because I play music and I know a lot of musicians. So, and my dad, I have a lot of record, and I grew up around record. You grew up in Europe? Yeah, in Europe uh -huh. uh, with record. Sure. And uh, so I decided to produce my first record, and after that, it's gone. And, and, now and, and so w was it difficult to put a record company together? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where did yeah. you find the artists, for uh, instance, to get started? In first, in, first in my um, city, in, in, France, mm -hmm. in France. Okay, so you went to Europe, back yeah, to Europe. I come, I come from France, uh, from my city and from Luxembourg, because I uh, lived in Luxembourg, in Belgium. I travel a lot with music, so I meet a lot of people, and 
after traveling, I met a lot of people in Canada because I lived in Canada, uh, France, Italy, Sweden, and uh, that's, it. that's it. Yep, and, and then you actually produced records for them, you produced albums yeah. for the artists. Yeah, I produce record, so I distribute uh, mm. record. Um, sometimes I play music on this record, so I do a lot of different things. And um, that. So does Shea Keto Cat actually have a, a music studio here in Baton Rouge? And did you build out a studio and do the recording here? Or do you go to where the musicians are? So when I talk about produ produce music, it's more pay to produce the record, it's like to um, build the record. Um, I don't record. You don't actually do the recording yourself? No. I just pay for the, mm -hmm. for the object and I distribute, distribute the object all around the world. So you're the distribution end, right? The money guy, the business guy yeah, that gets it out there. But it's independent, so it's not a lot of money, but... <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's my job. Well, speaking of musicians, <laughs> David, you're a budding jazz musician based here in Baton Rouge and now also New Orleans as well. H how were you discovered? I was actually <laughs> discovered at Southern University. Okay. I would practice all night um, in the practice rooms. And there's a band in Baton Rouge named uh, the Michael Foster Project. Yes. And their trombone well player, Terrence Taplin, found me in a practice room no and kidding he said man you should come check out our rehearsal so i went over to the rehearsal and then that was the beginning that is so cool yeah. so i mean he just like like every young musician's dream right i mean yeah, literally opportunity knocked on the door and he walked in yeah and i i ate up all the knowledge everything they told me i said okay i'm gonna learn that and learn that and i started meeting other guys and mm -hmm. started working in new orleans then started touring so how long ago was this you look very young now but this we're talking was, how many years this was probably 2010 or 11 okay yeah I started playing trombone in 2004 mm -hmm. so about I had my first international tour in 2011 when I went to China with that band with the Michael Foster project wow so, yeah so you're based in Baton Rouge and New Orleans. How, how, <laughs> maybe that's just a very political way of saying that you're from Baton Rouge, but you live in New Orleans. I live I in Gonzales right now. Perfect. You're in between. Yeah. <laughs> but I literally spend maybe five days out of the week in New Orleans. Yeah. Is it, I, I would assume, and being from New Orleans myself, it's obviously a, a, a better music scene. Definitely. Yeah. It's very lucrative uh, to work, to network. To, uh, to learn, you know, vast amounts of music, you know, different styles, different genres. Like, there's, there's flavors of everything in New Orleans, mm -hmm. like authentically. You know, people authentically doing different styles of music that you can really learn it. So, yeah. What now, well, I mean, both of you being in, in the Baton Rouge music scene, um, I mean, there is so much potential here. And there, there are artists. And yet, we're not quite getting the act together. What do we need to do? I, I think we need more venue. More venues? Yeah. Yes. Uh, because there are, there are a lot of musicians, good musicians in Baton Rouge, and, but we miss some independent place. 
who listen music and uh, I think it's my point of view about that. So mm -hmm. Maybe. Oh, I think well that. I mean, like, like do you ever like get to play said? locally, David? In Baton Rouge, you know, <laughs> I maybe get to play. I get to do what I do in Baton Rouge maybe once every three, two or three months. I mean, and you should be playing every week here, right? I, I would mean, love to. <laughs> That's where I'm from. I love the people here. You know, they're my family and not just my my relatives, but like there's a lot of people that are my family here and I would love to do what I do for them. You know, it's just not a lot of uh, opportunities And surely right now. we have, I mean, like Kenny Neal, I've talked to him about yeah, that. Right, and yeah. his, and and the Michael Foster project. I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of musicians here, and they all echo the same frustration yeah, yeah. that there aren't more venues. What about the clubs? Do you all ever talk to the music clubs, to the owners or the people who book at the clubs? Uh, if, if I can be candid. Oh, please be candid. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's just so it's not just that. We want to play. We, I also, we also want to get paid. Right. <laughs> we also want to get paid, you know, what we deserve to get paid when we play what we play. And that's just kind of hard, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so we that's talk what, to lots of clubs. That was my, my next question. Yeah. Can someone in the music business support themselves in Baton Rouge? Make a living? Or do you have to go outside the market? If you do private events... If you do lots of like wedding receptions and stuff like that, you could support yourself. But, but you, you know that that kind of cover, mu cover yeah, music. Yeah, right, right. You have to cover play cover band. music, right? And if you're not into that, then totally into that. That's all you want to do. Then it's really difficult to just be yourself and make it. What about on your end, like on the producer end? For for me, it's very different because I am in into electronic music. Mm -hmm. And the music scene in Baton Rouge in electronic music is like non-existent. Uh, non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there are, there are uh, no place to listen electronic music. So for me, it's difficult to say and to produce record. Sure. Right now, in 2017, it's very difficult to is to live with that. Right. I can imagine. Because because of internet and. So it's why I, I'm working in a school to teach. But You came here because of your PhD? Is that what brought you to Baton Rouge? No, uh, I did my PhD in Montreal, Canada, mm -hmm. uh, and in France. But I'm here because my wife worked for Codophile. Oh, sure. Uh, Codophile is the French, French cultural mm, yeah. exchange program. So they asked to French teacher to come in Louisiana to teach French in immersion school. So my wife teach in an immersion school. So mm -hmm. we are here for three years now. Okay. And uh, we want to stay uh, more. And uh, so is why we are here because of French uh, culture in. Yeah, right. But now, Europe, and, and I know this from musicians in New Orleans, Europe is such a fertile market for musicians. I mean, I, I know musicians in New Orleans that, that can't make a living unless they tour overseas. Yeah. It's great. And I mean, overseas is just very lucrative, yes. And, 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 and is, it, is it clubs? Is, is, is it more uh, like arena stadium style venues? Where do you play, David? Lots of arena stadiums. Uh, really? 
like, well, I did a lot of touring in 2015 in Europe and uh, a lot of jazz festivals. They have a lot of jazz festivals who can fund bringing acts over. Nice. A lot of great jazz festivals yes. in France. <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes. They really love jazz yeah. in France. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and, they, and you know, they, they fund the jazz festivals so they can bring acts over. And then there are also lots of clubs and also like performing arts, not performing arts centers, though, but like uh, maybe like arenas, like you said, mm -hmm. there, there are lots of those. Now, is your producer or you based in Baton Rouge or do you, did my you producer? have to go? Or who, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for my record, mm -hmm. it was all me. It was all you. <laughs> yeah, I recorded at Esplanade Studios. And where are they? Are That's they in, in Baton Rouge. They're yeah. in, New in New Orleans. But I mean, I produced the record and everything. And but I used the you know the facility and the engineer Amisha, he uh, he engineered the record. And then, do you book your own tours, or do you have a, a manager or an agent now? Right now, I'm pretty much booking all of my stuff on my own. Uh, I have a manager right now, and we're moving forward but uh he's he's trying to make some things happen um so i hope that you know some things will happen i think uh edinburgh maybe edinburgh soon this summer but uh right now i've been doing a lot of you know booking on my own so wh how do you plan to sell your new album it's on itunes and um it'll be sell sold at peaches records uh, itunes amazon pretty much everything it's it's on everything so y'all how i mean with the internet and the way that content is accessed today digitally, how, how does a musician make money with a new album? How do you keep it from just being out there for free? They, they don't make money. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like journalists then, right? So when, when we sell a uh, record like CD or vinyl, mm -hmm. you can make money, but with digital music, it's very difficult because you have to play like uh, 100,000 uh, times the, the song to have uh, one dollar and uh, so <laughs> it's very difficult to make money for yeah. artists uh, right now with digital music. It's good because it's very good because everyone can listen music. Mm -hmm. So your music is everywhere in the world from Japan to uh, unit uni United States, but for money, it's, it's not it's a good tough time. With money. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, it helps to get your music licensed because you, the hope is that you can get in a movie or commercial, and then you get that residual income. I call it mailbox money. <laughs> sure, that would be huge. Isn't it? Yeah, and that's that's great. Well, and, and with tours with tours like when you do the the tours, people buy CDs. I mean, you make lots of money selling CDs on the road at your okay. shows. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking to musician David L. Harris and Samuel Rashuti, owner of Shaquito Cat Records. Samuel, does your label um, only produce electronic music? I mean, I had said indie music, but I didn't realize that it's only electronic or that's just your favorite or your specialty? It's, it's mostly, um, you can say, 80% of electronic music and 20% of uh, experimental music, like noise experimental, music. Experimental, okay. Yeah, noise and, uh, or uh, like uh, psychedelic rock mm -hmm. and a uh, lot of instrumental music. Mm -hmm. Uh, we produce some, uh, a lot of different things of music five or six years ago, but now it's m mostly electronic music. And, and when you say electronic, meaning it's all created on a 
computer or on a synthesizer or uh, actually or do you use instruments in electronic use, music we use a lot of instruments like uh, drum like guitar and but okay. uh, we use a lot of uh, analog uh, synthesizer uh-huh. old synthesizer like moog like uh, old Korg, and um, it's it's a mix of different, but all th- all the um, musicians on my record label are play uh, play instruments. instruments yeah. What and you mentioned analog? That's interesting. What do you all think of the sort of the rebirth of the resurgence of, of vinyl records and analog recording? For me, the sound uh, the sound is better on analog. That's what everybody says. Yeah. It's more pure sound. It's. It's like it's more um, you. It's more warm, mm-hmm. maybe. And uh, warm. I prefer the object. The object is uh, you can touch it. You mm-hmm. can feel the. You can feel everything, and it's the vinyl. It's very important in electronic music because uh, all the DJ play record in in, in the clubs, for instance. The DJs are playing vinyl. I wish, but <laughs> 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 only in the really interesting yeah. clubs, right? Yeah, maybe. In uh, when I go, in, I go a lot in Germany, in Berlin, mm-hmm. or Amsterdam, Netherlands. They play, they they still play uh, vinyl, but it's difficult to. Sure. Yeah. What about for you, David? I dig the vinyl because um, of the specificness and the sound, like. Uh, like when you listen to, to jazz music and you hear like Billie Holiday sing and you hear the raspiness and the, the air in her voice, that's a completely different level than, than hearing it and you not hear all that, you know? And I think that like us as people, we've been like, you know, as the years go on, it's so much, uh, so much watered down yeah. stuff. And, and the human, the humanistic part of music, you know, is, is all of those, all those inflections that, that come naturally when you sing, you know, that you can't necessarily hear on an MP3. But vinyl kind of brings out, like, the music, every little aspect, and, and also, like, the really specific humanistic things of each artist. So if we could all get back to, to really diving into, like, the specifics of, of an artist, you know, not just the, the boom boom and the, the ta, sure. but all of the just the it's just so specific when you hear a vinyl. That's so wonderful. Yeah, it's like the person's right in your face singing and and you know, you can get back to like knowing that this voice is who this is. Right. Yeah. David, I'm interested, um who who taught you? Who taught me? Who taught you? Are you self-taught? <laughs> I mean, did you just pick up the trombone, or did, were there early influences in your musical education? Uh, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I didn't start listening to jazz until maybe two thousand nine or ten, really, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, all of my as a kid. I wanted to be a veterinarian, so I never—I didn't even <laughs> want to do music. I had no idea that I would play music until 2004 when I picked up the trombone. My friends were in marching band, and I missed my bus, and 
I hung out with them at the band practice, and then the band director was like, oh, you can play if you want, and then I started playing trombone. You just picked it up, and it was that easy? No, it was not easy. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't easy, but I had good friends. They played, and, you know, we hung out, and they liked music, so I learned a lot from them. Taught me, um, there was a a low brass instructor at Southern University. His name was Frank Chimay. Mm -hmm. He played tuba. Mm -hmm. But he taught all of the brass instruments. Then I transferred to LSU, and then I had a great uh, trombone teacher. Her name is Jeannie Little. Okay. She taught me a lot. Um, Did you study jazz at LSU? Did you play with the the jazz lab band or Willis Deloney or any of those guys? I did play jazz there. I played jazz there for a little bit. Uh, I think the first year I was at LSU, I I was trying to learn classical music mainly. So I I studied classical music with... um, with Jeannie Little, and uh, then I started getting into jazz my second year at LSU. So then that's when I started uh, working with, like, you know, Willis Deloney and uh, Bill Grimes sure. and Brian Shaw and all those guys. And then I left LSU and I moved to New Orleans and studied at UNO. And um, that's when I met Delphio Marcellus. Oh, great. Who really? You know, it's not only Delphio Marcellus, but a good friend of mine, uh, Stephen Lands. He, uh, he really broke down and really told, showed me that the blues was the foundation, like playing the blues and, and the conversational level of music is really like, like the core of like the humanistic side of music, which is what reaches people and yeah. which allows you to build on and also play the complex styles of music. Do you still want to be a vet now? Are we? T- <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. <clears throat> I don't even want to tell you the story of how I realized I shouldn't be a vet. <laughs> Is it a good story? It's not a good story. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> what 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 do you all think we need to do? I mean, if you were king and could wave your magic wand, since you do live here, what what do we need to do to improve the music scene here and to get um, more of an infrastructure around the music, you know, musicians, and to get you know better networking and connection between the people here in the business? I think right now it starts with the children period it starts with like those kids in elementary school getting them giving them the opportunity to have an even chance to choose from whatever they want to hear not just what they hear all the time because the the media they kind of give you what they want to give you Mm -hmm. and they leave out lots of styles of music so kids never have a chance to experience like the electronic music or or jazz or swing they never get a chance and by the time they're 16 all they've ever been exposed to on TV is like what the media gives them. So if we start with the kids, you know, teaching them, letting them at least hear some jazz music, <coughs> that would, uh, I think that would help a lot because mm-hmm. jazz music is really conversational and, and you can't play the music without, without actually truly listening to the next guy next to you. You can't just get on stage and just do what you want to do. Yeah. It's a group effort always. And, you know, just playing, playing jazz teaches you <coughs> How to communicate and how to listen to the next person and how to work together. So the great kids. metaphor for life. The kids, yes. What do you think, Samuel? Um, I think um, it's very different here in America for me than to Europe, because in Europe, um, in France especially, uh, we have a lot of public money for music. Sponsorship. So sponsorship from the state, from yeah. And there are a lot of public venues. 
But here, uh, you have a lot of different venues, like in New Orleans, in Baton Rouge. It's private venue. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's very different for me. Um, it's totally different experience. I think it's it's good for me. It's better to don't have a lot of money from um, the state, or because you have to be the best to play. Right. Because in France, uh, I think uh, there are lot too much money in culture, <laughs> and people are sleeping on the money. Right. I don't know if. No, that makes uh, sense. Yeah. Sure. So, I think maybe we can do something at school, like you say, mm -hmm. uh, to teach different kind of um, style of music. And but I think. It's very different for me. I have a lot to, to learn about that. And uh, I think I don't have explored enough to say what we can do more on this scene. Uh, I love to go in Austin, Texas, mm -hmm. because there are a lot of different places where you can play. And in Austin, you said? Austin, Austin Texas. Austin. Yeah. Uh, sorry. No, I just wanted <laughs> to make sure that... that Austin. And uh, if... I don't know. If every city in the... United States will be then Austin. No, Austin is unique for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I'm, I'm glad that you, Samuel Rashuti, and David Harris are doing your part to bring culture and, and music to Baton Rouge and hopefully enhancing the cultural and artistic scene here. It's refreshing to see homegrown talent and talent from the outside <laughs> trying to cultivate homegrown talent here. So thank you all for sharing your stories and for being with us today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Samuel Rashuti of Shea Cat Records and David L. Harris, musician. You can find out more about Shea Cat Records and David Harris by following the links on our website. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Rusciutti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Allie Appel. All the music on Out to Lunch is composed and performed by Mitchell Foreman. You can find more of Mitchell's music wherever great jazz is streamed or sold and at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for It's Batonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank. With locations throughout the state including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area. Providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. At B1 Bank, 
www.thinkingdigital.com. Thank you.